It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle, our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN, and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode 180 of the three-point podcast and our annual prep pigskin preview pod. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 and Sportsnet Michigan, along with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone from North Carolina and Jared Fattel of Bally Sports Detroit. We're going to be checking in with sports media pros from throughout the state of Michigan on this special pod and getting their thoughts on players, teams, and top stories in their areas. Our special partners and teammates include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Corona Connection, Hankered Sportswear, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, the Owasso Speedway, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. All right, guys, it's uh, it's time for probably our favorite podcast that we have a chance to put together, our Prep Pigskin Preview. And, uh, man, we got a lot of support, 11 different experts going to be checking in with us here on the pod. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, let's just kind of talk about high school football is back. Yeah, we were just kind of talking a little bit before we started recording that. It is always kind of the type of thing, whether it's high school football, college, NFL, whatever, football always does kind of sneak up on you, even though you know it's coming. I mean, the last few podcasts we've been talking about vacations and (laughs) your guys' family reunion, golf, and going to the beach, all this other kind of stuff. And then it's almost like, boom, football season. And it's right here. It's starting in a couple days. So, yeah, this is always a fun podcast to put together, covering the whole state. Just a super cool thing to do. It, it's incredible. It's the you can smell it in the air this time of year. The the first like three four weeks of Michigan high school football, it's the best football you can watch because one the weather's nice, and two just something about the sun setting right around seven o'clock for these Friday night games. It's just incredible. Uh, but you just the best thing about this year is it's kind of the first full year we've had in what I mean last year kind of somewhat of a season, but this year we're 100 percent fully back. People are in the stands. The masks are maybe not as prevalent as they were last year, and I'm just ready to get back to normal, and my normal is high school football on Friday night. 
Amen. And I'm knocking on wood as you said that, too, because you're right. Last year's storyline obviously was how they dealt with COVID. Uh, again, kudos to the MHSAA for, you know, getting the season in, even though it ended in, uh, geez, normal NFL Super Bowl time. But it's still, they got the season in. And, you know, if all goes well this year, all the, all the preseason practices are officially done almost. First game Thursday night. And hopefully we'll see a full slate with, Fanny's in the stands, and, and we remember what that was like. There's nothing like a Friday night under the lights in front of the big crowds. There's no, there's there's absolutely nothing like it, and it's one of those things where maybe you don't. I'm not trying to act like some insider, you know, something like that. But maybe it's, it is one of those things that you might not quite fully grasp unless you actually played. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even if you were a big fan, you went to every game, you were in the stands for every Friday night. But unless you were playing under the lights with your buddies that you grew up with, especially in a community like Corona. We've talked about it a ton on podcasts before, how cool playing for Corona was, a small community. Everyone would show up to Nick and East Field for those games on Friday night. And you, you mentioned, Jared, when you said the, like, the smell is in the air, it's one of those things like I always think about. Like, you know, you go to, you go to the fair and that, that smell just, like, stands out. You go to a major league ballpark and, like, that smell just stands out. Something about, like, right. fall, when it comes around, fall, like, when I picture, you know, walking around Corona, downtown Corona, the leaves are falling, you know, like, cars are all, you can hear the, the band in the background practicing, the cheerleaders are practicing, and, you know, you just got that, like, that smell in the air, like you met, mentioned, and you can, like, feel it, you can almost, like, taste it, too, and, like, you know, like, back in our days, you know, rest in peace to the legend, Frank Corrin's voice is just echoing throughout Corona. And, you know, like, it's just, it's like, when I start talking about it, I kind of still get chills because it was such a cool thing to be involved in, especially in that community of Corona. And then the biggest part that I always think about, me and my buddies still talk about, one of the coolest things about playing for Corona is the high school locker room across the street. You're, like, all amped up. You're getting ready. It's silent in the locker room. Everyone's getting strapped up, getting their helmet on. And then that walk across the street from the high school to Nickanese Field, right. all you can hear are the, like, click-clack of your cleats on the cement. And you got cars beeping at you when you're walking by. Dude, I, I'm really getting hyped up right now. I want to go play right now. Such, such a cool thing on Friday night. It is. And you mentioned it, the, the camaraderie that you gain with these guys. I mean, a lot of us, I feel like our best friends are the people that we played football with in high school. More than any other sport, more than basketball, more than, you know, track and field, baseball. There's something about – it's like going to war. I mean, when you're playing football and so it just kind of makes you grow close with everybody and you know, you hit the nail right on the head. You can smell it. I mean, I'm just picturing the 50 cent popcorn and hearing the 50, 50 raffles going up, Ted, the boomer, his voice up in the booth, you know, it's just all what makes high school football so perfect. Yeah. You were kind to me there. Usually you call me a geezer, but the old geezer in me, <laughs> I, I, I can, I can go back and in my memory and, you know, I'm right with you guys, man. I'm getting chills just getting fired up for this season and remembering what it was like. You know, I played for the legendary coach Nick and Nice over there at Corona, and, and Matt, you're exactly right. You know, the, the, the quiet time while you're getting strapped up, getting your gear on, and then your head coach, Nick, for me, comes into the hallway of the, of the locker room area and, you know, gives his final words of uh, preparation for us, you know, and we end it with the big cheer, and then we get up and do that long walk 
walk, like you mentioned. I mean, there's nothing like it. You know, you talk about the smells of this time of year in football. The other thing that comes to my mind is, you know, I've been noticing it on the way to work. Every year this time in August, you know, you start getting the mist on the windshield when you're up in the morning. Well, it's the same thing on Friday nights, you know, when when the lights are on and it gets dark and you get some of that just kind of mist in the air. Ah, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Even if right now I know it's really hot, it's, you're, you're still getting that summer weather. But, right, the, the mornings you, you can tell where it's starting to change a little bit. And, you know, like talk, talking about the stories, Jared, you talking about the camaraderie, it, it brought back to mind, Ted, you talking about your dad, Jared's grandpa. I, I think it's that you guys got together at, at uh, Jared's dad's house, and your dad and all of his buddies that are still around were still telling stories about high school football and stuff like that, and they're in their 80s yep. and 90s. So yes. it's stuff like that that is just so cool. And I know we've talked about it before, but, like, Jared, you're now a few years removed. So, like, do you still feel like, okay, now you're, you're definitely past the high school thing, but, you right. know, you, you still feel like you're a little connected? Because I'm kind of, man, I'm doing the math. 19 years ago is when I was playing. Like, it's just crazy to think about. Ted, you're obviously a little farther than that. But, like, you still have those vivid memories in your mind. Like, is, it, right. is, that, is that still kind of hitting you right now, Jared? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's weird. These last like, two or three years, I've been on like the media side and covering it. But unless you're you you're, you in your life, you go on to you know go to the moon or become an astronaut or something. I mean, I hate to say it, but pretty much everybody. I mean, all three of us included. The best most the best time of your life where you really peaked was high school football, Friday night lights, five thousand people sitting there watching you play. So you're never gonna you know we always are gonna miss that rush. Uh, but I will say it's gotten better as the years have gone by. You know, I don't have that same inkling as I did when I was fresh out of high school. Yeah, and from some, you're exactly right about you're never going to get that same exact rush, but you do you do find other things that give you a rush. Like we've talked about Matt before when he's put together a segment at ESPN and it just really clicked. Or now, Jared, you at Bally Sports, you know, you're going to have some future moments like that where you're just going to be all fired up. And, you know, with me being able to be a broadcaster and, and do high school games since 85, it, it kept me into, you know, the mode that I, I'm watching the young kids, I'm involved in football. But I got to tell you, even at this extended age that I'm at I, I get excited for regular season but when it comes to the playoffs man it's a whole nother level and I, I I tune it up you know I put my game face on just like I would have when I was a player and it's as close as you're going to get to that rush we had when we played I think that's all that, that's part of why we're all we do what we do professionally mm-hmm. you know we we love the game so much so it kind of carried over we didn't get to go play in the NFL, you know, I, I think we all probably could have made it if we tried a little harder. <laughs> but so any, instead, we started covering the, the sport in the media world. Right. So, right, like, it's that it's a love for the game, and I think it is something special. I've said it a hundred times today and on other podcasts. I think playing for a community like Corona was really cool. So so I know we're, we're going to have some experts probably get into some of this stuff later, but uh, you, you mentioned you played for the legend. It's cool for me to see the coach that I played for, Steve Herrick, is now back at Corona, so that's kind of. I'm going to be very interested to see, kind of what he does with this new era of Corona football now that he's back at the home. So, so yeah, I'm really excited to to hear from all these experts and hear about you know what what to look for in the state of Michigan this fall. Absolutely, and we're going to be getting to that here just a little bit. Before we do, though, I want to kind of segue over to Jared's. Uh, new career and also what they got going on at Bally Sports because uh, they're jumping on 
in a big way, the high school coverage uh, this season. Maybe give us a little breakdown uh, of what you've been able to find out at the offices there, Jared. Yeah, so essentially what we're doing is uh, it starts this Thursday with uh, doubleheader games at Wayne State. Uh, Detroit Catholic Central can name a couple of the big teams playing in that. Uh, but we're going to be doing a game of the week. And what I think is really cool, and I hope that the players that are getting the opportunity to be a part of this understand, is that these are the people that are working on these crews to put together these games are the same people that you know are doing Tigers games, are doing Lions games, are doing Pistons games. Like It's a professional broadcast that's being put together. Uh, and I'm seeing all the work that go, that they're putting into it, and it's just impressive. And, you know, we're going to a lot of big games. I know week two we're at Muskegon uh, versus Cass Tech. I know we're Traverse City East versus Traverse City West later in the year, DeWitt, Grand Ledge. I mean, if you're a good high school football team, I mean, chances are we're going to be at one of your games at some point this year. So it's just really cool. And like I said before, I mean, I just hope the players and the coaches appreciate I mean, I never got to play on TV. I mean, none of us did. We never made it to the state championship game. So for some of those teams that are still really good and deserve the notoriety, for them to be able to be on Valley Sports Detroit, you know, on a Friday night for anyone who's in the state to watch them, that's just incredible. And what's really cool is we got a lot of interesting, you know, people that are doing a play-by-play and color. Like, I know Craig Monroe is doing a color game, and I know he was like a, a all-stater in Texas uh, in football when he was in high school. So just a lot of cool, interesting wrinkles like that that, I just am excited to be a part of. Kind of like to your point, Jared, maybe before we tie this off and get to the experts, I want to ask you, Ted, like real quick, it, it's kind of cool, like the, the aspect of this podcast that we talk about a lot, the different generations. We, we see things from uh, the, the three generations that we bring to the table. Ted, you've seen high school football. I mean, back in your day or even when you were a kid, I mean, even the, the radio coverage was probably pretty minimal and then it kind of transitioned, and radio was bigger. And when I played, you know, there, there was the TV coverage a little bit. Maybe if you were lucky, there were some games on Fox Sports Detroit or maybe some other local channels maybe were broadcasting or something like that. But, yeah, like you said, Jared, nowadays, I mean, yeah, Valley Sports is covering a bunch of games. You can stream games on the Internet. You can basically watch any game you want if you have, you know, the right resources. Ted, is that kind of cool to see, like how the the game, even in you know the high school football game in Michigan, has evolved? Oh, it's, yeah, it's amazing, and it, it's really cool. I mean, it, we can go back to when I did play, and I think we have uh, this game, a couple games posted by local broadcasters back in the early '70s. It's on our Three Point Podcast uh, page, but. Yeah, just the evolution of, of technology and everything else. I mean, I think in your guys' time, just the Friday night lights show on, on the news, that was kind of the th- the go-to thing that you gathered around. If you saw that there was a television crew at the game, you watched the highlights to see if you were on there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would watch, you, you would hope that, uh, you know, for us, you would hope that ABC 12 or like Channel 5 or something made it out to the game. But then the big thing was the Argus Press that dropped on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. I would be, like, I would be watching, because I, I grew up, I was out in the country, so I'd be out, I would watch that. I knew a car was coming that had the paper, and when I saw it pull up and drop that paper in the mailbox, I would run out there and see. I, I made the front page of the sports the sports page a few times, so I was pretty proud of that. But, but no, yeah, if you could catch the highlights or, you know, you get the Argus the next day. For me, that was a big deal. Jared, you were... Your generation's yeah. all over Twitter, and, you know, you had YouTube highlights and all this kind of no, stuff. It wasn't the same. But, uh, I'll, but I'll also say this, Matt. I mean, just I used to, when I was working at Fox 17, they do, you know, it, it blew my mind coming from mid-Michigan. I'm not saying that mid-Michigan is depleted of, you know, sports coverage, but just there's so much money on the west side in TV and that sort of stuff that they do such a good job at Fox 17. I'm just, I know we're talking to Jason Hutton later on today, but 
I, I remember thinking, like, this is like college game day for high school football. I mean, they're at, like, I don't even know how many, 30 games. You know, they, they have, they're live on set for the game of the week every week. They have, you know, Zeitman, uh, Jenison's coach coming on to talk from time to time. Dan Roan, you know, high school, Michigan high school coaching legend, was on the show a lot the last couple of years. It's just crazy the amount of production that gets put into the high school football nowadays. And they do it because it's important and people in Michigan care about it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, boys, it's been fun reminiscing here. It's been a blast. And, you know, for all our listeners out there, if you haven't already done it, give us a follow at Three Point Pod. We would definitely appreciate it. Share this podcast with your friends. It might hook them into tuning in what we're up to every single week. I mean, we're going to be real heavy on football, both high school, college, and pros. I should say all three. And uh, this is where you're going to want to be. At least tune in for an hour every week and see what we're up to. And you brought it up, Matt, about the Argus Press. You're exactly right. I always look forward to getting that paper first thing in the morning just to see if for some reason one of the photos I was in it and made a few myself so that was always a thrill and speak and speaking of the Argus let's get this show going and we'll start off with Grayson Steele of the Owasso Argus Press. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Hi, this is Grayson Steele of the Owasso Argus Press with a few things to watch out for as we begin this 2021 football season. Man, it's good to be back. My three area players to watch are Morris Senior Quarterback Wyatt Wesley, Corona Senior Quarterback Jaden Herrick, and Ovid LC Senior Running Back Eddie Evans. Wyatt Wesley had only played quarterback on and off before his junior season. Then all he did was lead the area with 1,314 rushing yards while adding 23 touchdowns on only 118 carries. The first-team all-area selection will have his entire offensive line back from last year to run behind, and they're all at or over 200 pounds, which Morris head coach Kendall Crockett said is the bulkiest line he's ever had. In years past, the team was worried about getting the speed on the edge, while this year they believe they can just run right at folks, and Wesley will surely be in the mix there with a nose for the end zone. Corona quarterback Jaden Herrick was electrifying during his junior season, tossing 14 touchdowns with 974 passing yards. He also could do it with his legs, rushing for 484 yards and seven scores. He's got a new coach this season, his dad Steve, so it'll be interesting to see that play out. He'll also be without top target Nick Steinecker, the 6'8 stud who's now playing college ball at Saginaw Valley State University. Nonetheless, Jaden Herrick feels good with sophomore twins Wyatt and Tarek Bauer as his new targets. They may not necessarily have the height, but they have the speed, he says. Over at LC senior running back Eddie Evans will be one of the better two-way players to keep an eye on. 
He was a first-team All-Area selection last season at defensive back with five interceptions, and he also ran for 620 yards and seven touchdowns on offense, earning second-team All-Area honors. When it comes to my three teams to look out for this year, it's hard to ignore Morris. They went 8-1 and one last season before losing in the Division I eight-player semifinals to eventual state champion Lenawee Christian. They lost a bit of enrollment this year, and they're dropping down to D2 this fall. With their stacked roster, they're instantly going to be one of the top contenders of that division. Another team to look out for is New Lothrop, the defending Division 7 state champions. But this roster is a bit different from years past. The, decent, the defending champs are replacing quite a bit, headlined by All-Area Player of the Year Cam Orr, who's now playing at Ferris State University. Sophomore quarterback Jack Kohanek is the heir apparent at quarterback, so if he can run the offense as smoothly as his predecessors did, the Hornets should be just fine. Head coach Clint Galvis said his team has had the best offseason any team could have, and he believes the team will be very different on Week 10 than it is Week 1. My third team to look out for, kind of cheating a bit here, I'm going to split it between Ovid Elsie and Durand. If anyone's finally going to overtake New Lothrop in the Mid-Michigan Athletic Conference, now is the time. These two teams, I believe, have the best chance in the area to do it, but it remains to be seen if they've closed the talent gap. Ovid Elsie returns nine starters on both sides of the ball, so you've got to believe that experience counts for something. And Duran, they've got a brand new coach in John Webb, but he's been a varsity assistant for the past four years, including the past two as defensive coordinator. He plans to build upon the momentum co- former coach Rick Winbigler instilled in the program. Obviously, you remember this Duran team was 0-9 in 2017, improving to 5-3 a year ago, making it to the second round of playoffs, which we all remember they lost a narrow one after losing quite a few kids due to COVID. All right, three storylines this season. First one you got to lead off with is the coronavirus. It's still here. It's still prevalent. So far, teams have been able to have a normal fall camp. They've been able to get back to things and business as usual without any restrictions. But it remains to be seen if there's going to be a point in this season where things may be delayed, if transmission is heightened, if they, if they have to hold off. Obviously, we saw New Lothrop weather that storm last year and still win a state title, but it wasn't without several, several setbacks there and delays. Obviously, another thing to look out for is Division 7 this year. Honestly, this could be the most stacked division in the state. New Lothrop, Powamo Westphalia, and Jackson Lumen Christie are always in the mix. And now they've got Montrose moving down from D6 to add into the fold. It's going to be interesting to watch that shake out this year come playoff time. And last but not least, my final storyline to look out for is the playoffs. After making a special exception for the coronavirus to include all teams in the postseason last year, similar to the district formats in baseball and basketball, the MHSAA is finally implementing its new playoff system. Simply put, teams will be rewarded for having a tougher schedule, and six wins won't automatically get you in the postseason anymore. I've already seen a lot of teams loading their schedules with tough matchups to maximize on those playoff points. This is evidenced by New Lothrop scheduling Jackson Lumen Christie Week 1, along with perennial powerhouse Frankenmuth in Week 9. For the Three Point Podcast, this is Grayson Steele. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234.
Boogity boogity boogity, let's go racing. The Owasso Speedway has been building families and communities through the promotion of short track racing since 1939. That's almost as long as you've been alive, Ted. Saturdays are race days at the Big O with gates opening at 4. Qualifying begins at 5 with the green flag waved and racing at 7. The Owasso Speedway's 3 8 of a mile oval high bank layout is super fast, providing thrills and action galore. Easy to get to on M21 between Owasso and Ovid. Stay up to date on upcoming features by following the Owasso Speedway on Facebook at Owasso Speedway Emma. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Ryan Slocum from the State Champs Network, and I am here to let you know what to look forward to coming up in the high school football season from the mid-Michigan area. couple of players to look out for, three of them. Let's begin in Grand Blanc with Elijah Jackson Anderson. He's a running back, he's a senior, and he is committed to go to Eastern Michigan University. He has 10 offers right now, mostly from the MAC. Also had an Iowa State offer in there. If you look at his numbers from last year, they don't exactly jump off the page to you. He, they don't wow you. But that's because they were running by committee. He's going to get a lot more action this year. Last year, 19 grabs, 280 yards, eight touchdowns through the air, another six on the ground, only ran the ball 40 times, just over 300 yards there. But he should be big time uh, coming up. One guy to look out for from Grand Blank, Elijah Jackson Anderson. The other guy could possibly be the best player in this area. He's the big fella from Essexville Garber, Alex Van Sumeren. He is a four-star recruit, 6'3", 300-pound defensive lineman. How's this for impressive? He has offers from Alabama, Clemson, Auburn. That's just to name a few. And he's going to end up with his big brother at Michigan State. Remember Ben, who transferred from U of M over to East Lansing. 63 tackles a year ago. 19 tackles for a loss. Eight sacks. Over 30 QB hurries. This dude can do everything, man. He's big and he's fast. 4-9-40. He lines up at tight end, too. Running back sometimes. Kind of reminiscent of, if you remember, Jake Long back in the day at Lapeer East. Like the fridge, when they needed him at the goal line, they hand it to this fella, and he just blasts his way into the end zone. Went 7-2 and two a year ago. Garber's looking for big things, and they got a very big one in Alex Van Sumeren. The other guy to look for, the four-year starting quarterback from Freeland, Bryson Huckabee. 6'4", 215. He's all-conference in three sports. He is a four-year starter. Made the semifinals a year ago in D5. He can run the ball over 600 yards as a junior on the ground. They're going to open it up a little bit this year, though. Um, he can throw it, and they're looking to do that more this year. Made the semis, as I said. Lost to the eventual champ, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. They have 20 returning starters and three big receivers to help him out. So look for him to do big things once again in Freeland. As for the teams, we're going to go back to Grand Blank. Went 7-2 last year. Their only two losses were to the eventual, eventual D1 runner-up. That was Davison. They won their first playoff game since 2012. 14 starters back. The big question at Grand Blank has always been mental toughness. 
they seem to, maybe when things go bad, they kind of collapse. Well, guess what? A year ago, they won the basketball and the baseball state championships. They got a lot of baseball players on this team. Will that help? Will that stigma go away now that these guys do know how to win? Let's see if that transfers over to the football field. Hunter Ames will be their quarterback. He was a big-time player on that baseball team. They got some size. Andy Hartman up front, 6'5", 260. He's got all sorts of Mac guys coming after him. Cross Dobbs is another dude. Look for him flying around at linebacker. He's going to Grand Valley, and this could make a difference. They got one of the best kickers in the nation. Dylan Hertzberg kicked a 60-yarder in summer. This dude is a top-five kicker and punter in the entire country. And if it comes down to it, they are more than willing to let that guy boot the ball. But they got a tough schedule in that SBL South, and they open up with East Lansing at Atwood Stadium. So look out for Grand Blank. Again, let's go with Freeland. Kevin Townsend has 20 starters back, including, as we said, his four-year starting QB. They say that they got so much talent, they're trying to figure out how to get them all on the field. So they're going to try to tweak a few things as the, uh, to what they have normally done just to get dudes out there. Size is going to be a thing, though. Huckabee has been sacked quite a bit in their losses. They got to stop that. If, if they can keep him clean, they're going to make some noise. Let's see if they can get back to the semifinals. We mentioned earlier they're big receivers. They got the Dooley brothers, uh, Alex and Daniel. Grant Bakos there as well. Here's the big question with them. They are moving up to Division 4 from Division 5 where they've always played. Let's see what they can do there. My other team is a perennial power. Last year, they came in with the best winning percentage in the entire state. That is Lapeer. But they're coming off a 3-4 and four season. Worst season that they've ever had. They had a lot of problems. They had some injuries. They had some COVID issues. I think that played into it. They were very, very young. They got all those dudes back, and guess what? They got big, real big. These guys may have one of the biggest lines in the state. Grant Masterson, 6'6", 295. Caleb Braneman, 6'3", 280. Dustin Morrell, 6'5", 245. And he's the little guy at 240, okay? At 6'5", 245. These guys are monsters. And shout out to my boy over at NBC 25, Jonathan Deutsch, uh, got these guys to talk about. They walk into the Chinese buffet this summer and they get scared because they, they're about to go out of business because these guys eat all their food. So, uh, yeah, look out for these dudes. And they're going to be blocking for one of the best backs, at least in the area, Braden McKenna. He has been great, elusive. He's going to be the horse this year. He is the man, and he's got help up front. Big question will be at QB. They have a sophomore, Zach, and I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong. Alleged Jack uh, is a sophomore QB. He does have a big arm, though. So let's see if uh, he can even things out there on the offensive side of the ball because we know they're going to be able to run it. My stories for the year, I got three of them. Let's start with the defending Division Seven state champion, New Lothrop. They got to replace darn near everybody, but that's really nothing new. They always seem to do it. Cam Orr at QB. 
Julius Garza was a monster in the state championship. Will Muron as well. They're all gone, but they've done this before. They haven't lost a conference game uh, like since like 1972 or something. I know that's ridiculous. It, it's been over a decade since they have lost a conference game. So they have done it before. They can do it again. Only 22 players on the roster. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, and there's a smaller school, so that's nothing new. But 22 is not a big number. They open with Lumen Christie this year, and they close with Frankenmuth. So they have loaded that schedule up. Let's see if they can go 9-0 and once again and make another deep run. Same kind of thing with my story number two. It is Davison. They got clobbered by West Bloomfield in the uh, Division I state championship game a year ago, but they won the title the year before. They, too, have a lot to replace, including the quarterback, Brendan Sullivan, who's over at Northwestern now. They lost nine starters on both D and O. Look for a guy they haven't quite named that I'm aware of their quarterback yet. It's a two-horse race. Look out for a guy named Sawyer Glennie. He could be the man taking the snaps. Jake Weingart says that this season is similar to 2019 when they won the state championship. They were young, had no experience coming back, and they shocked everybody and won the state title. He says this team is almost the same. We'll see if that's true. Incredible staff. You know they're going to be coached up. Maybe the best staff around, so that will help. Man, they start the year tough, though. Clarkston at the Big House, then Detroit Catholic Central, who they knocked off in the playoffs a year ago. Gabe Smith is back from injury. He's a linebacker. That dude will be a stud. You will hear his name every Friday night. Sophomore Carter Harriman as well at linebacker. They do have two linemen back, and they've got some young guns that they think are going to be pretty good on the line. So let's see what Davison can do. Can they keep this sucker rolling as they have the last two years? In my final story, just because they have not had very many coaches over the last 30 years, and that is at Flushing. They got a new coach, Marcus Endicott. He takes over for Robert Oginski. He was there for nine years. Bob Buckle, as we know, was there for like 20 before that. So they've had some uh, long-standing coaches. Marcus Indicott is not new to flushing. He was the D coordinator for quite a long time before taking some time off. If you remember, his son, Cal Indicott, was the quarterback at flushing. He's at Grand Valley, who uh, led them to a couple of playoff victories a few years back. And he is also the track coach. So he has head coaching experience. He knows what he's doing, not on the football field, but as a leader of Young men, he knows how to do it. They went 2-5 and five a year ago. They do have nine starters back. They have not won a playoff game since, I just said. Cal Indicott a couple of years ago in 2017. Caleb Menti is the QB. He's a safety as well. They think their D will be tough, and they're going to change some things on all. They're going no huddle. They run the veer. Let's see how that works. Let's see if Flushing can make some noise and not Fenton off that perennial top spot there in the Flint Metro League. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Thanks for listening to me. You can follow me on Twitter at Sloke, S-L-O-C, 12 on Twitter. You can check me out on the State Champs Network. I will be doing play-by-play for the MHSAA's Saturday game of the week. You can check that out on YouTube. All of our stuff 
State Champs on YouTube and on Instagram and on Twitter and Facebook as well. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Have a great football season. And for the Three Point Podcast, this is Ryan Slocum. This is Jason Hutton checking in from Fox 17 in Grand Rapids, Michigan Sports Anchor. We're gearing up for another season of the Blitz covering high school football. It's our favorite time of year. Of course, everyone looking forward to getting back to some form of normalcy after 2020 with the startup stop. No fans in attendance, only two tickets per player. Hopefully we'll have full stadiums and a continuous season in 2021. We're going to start out talking about three players to watch in the West Michigan area. And it starts with Grand Rapids Catholic Central's Nolan Ziegler, already committed to Notre Dame. Excellent size and speed. We've seen him be an absolute standout on the defensive side of the football for the Cougars each of the last two years when they won state championships 2019 in Division 4, 2020 in Division 5. Catholic Central once again going to be a favorite to win it all in Division 5. And Nolan Ziegler, a big reason why. What I'm excited to see is, can he do a little bit more on offense? Because when you look at the Cougars brought back, they bring back almost their entire defense intact. Seven of the 11 starters are back. On offense, there's more to replace. But they have an outstanding senior quarterback, three-year varsity starter in Joey Silveri. But will Nolan Ziegler be more involved in the offense? I think he's got to be. His speed is so impressive, and we want to see him get the ball in his hands a little bit more because it's fun to watch. But he's off to play for Brian Kelly in Notre Dame, and certainly number 24 in blue is going to be one to keep an eye on in West Michigan in 2021. Over in Muskegon, of course, we're always talking about the Big Reds, and they have a quarterback by the name of Miles Walton. So this will be his first year as the full-time starting quarterback, but he's a four-year varsity player. And when you start thinking about some of the great players that come through Muskegon, Almost none of them played varsity for four years, but he was a starter at corner as a freshman and sophomore. We saw him get more involved in the offense at slot last year, but also saw him play some quarterback, especially in that state semifinal game against DeWitt as well. So now Miles is going to play some quarterback. He's an elusive athlete, certainly going to be a college player, probably in the defensive backfield, and he's stout there playing for the Big Reds. But he's going to have a big leadership challenge trying to lead this Big Reds team back to Ford Field where they lost last year in the state semifinals. Always a talented bunch. Miles Walton, certainly a player to know for the Muskegon Big Reds as we begin 2021. And the third player to watch, Tag Bonama from Zeeland East. Inside linebacker is probably where he's going to be most of the time and where we'll see him at the next level when he gets to Kalamazoo and plays for Western Michigan University. We're also going to see him probably play on the offensive line for Zealand East. You know, it's funny, a couple years ago, he was competing to be the quarterback. Coach Derek Pennington at the time said, we need you to play offensive line. Tag said, okay. He's been outstanding playing left tackle, playing inside linebacker. He's going to join his brother Boone at Western Michigan University next year. They have a new head coach in Joe Woodruff, and that'll be a storyline to watch. We'll get to that in a minute. But Tag Bonema, an outstanding player, another four-year varsity guy playing for Zeeland East this year, one to watch in West Michigan. All right, we get to our three teams to watch in 2021. It starts with Mona Shores. They're two-time defending Division II state champion. It's been an incredible journey for the Sailors under head coach Matt Koziak. When he took over, this was one of the few programs in the state that never even had a playoff appearance. Now they've been to Ford Field three years in a row and are coming off back-to-back state championship victories. 
and they've got the players to make another deep run. I mean, certainly they graduated an outstanding class. When you lose a player the caliber of Brady Rose at quarterback and safety, you know, that's a big hole to fill. But they've got a senior quarterback by the name of Mark Konechny, has incredible bloodlines. His father played in the NFL. I mean, this kid can do it at quarterback. He's not Brady Rose. He doesn't have the elusive running ability. He'll still run it, but he can throw the football as well. A dual threat guy. And you look at some of the guys they bring back as well. Elijah Johnson is a guy to watch. Started at both running back and linebacker last year as a junior. He returns. You got Elijah Farnham, who played really well at slot receiver for them. You talk about Dimitri Roberson returning at wide receiver. You start looking at defense. Jeff Lenardowitz at middle linebacker. I mean, there are some pieces here for Mona Shores to make a legitimate chance at a three-peat. That one's going to be fun to watch. They'll open this season at Lowell in the annual Pink Arrow game on Thursday, August the 26th. Another team we're going to watch in 2021, Forest Hills Central. The Rangers have had amazing consistency the last five years, 40 and 14 the last five years. Tim Rogers, the head coach, has really brought some stability to that program. They shared the OK White Conference Championship with Byron Center a year ago, and they bring back their quarterback, Hunter Robinson, who started last year as a junior. He's really worked on his throwing mechanics in the offseason, and their goal is to be more balanced on offense They want to run the ball, and they can run the football, but they want to throw it this year as well. And Hunter Robinson, the senior quarterback, is going to be a key. He's got some really good guys to throw it to, like Jacob Bonnett and Connor Milton. Watch out for those guys on the outside. Forest Hills Central maybe a team to watch in the OK White. Third team to watch, Unity Christian. I love the Crusaders. They don't get notoriety statewide. They're not on anybody's top ten list. Nobody looks at them as a possible state championship contender. But with Grand Rapids Catholic Central now in Division Five, West Michigan always does very well in Division Four. And Unity Christian's at the top of that list. I think last year they'd have made it to Ford Field, but their season got shut down. They were undefeated, seven and zero. Their season got shut down because of COVID-19 protocols before their second-round playoff game. I really think that Craig Tibby's bunch had what it took to get to Ford Field a year ago. And you look at what they bring back, half their starters, and it starts with the Chandler Twins. You got Cam Chandler at quarterback, Drew Chandler running the football. You also got Micah Bush, a third-year varsity player, running back, inside linebacker. You talk about the guys up front, Ryan Shinneberry starting on both sides of the line. So there's some guys here. And I think Unity Christian, which won its very first conference championship in 2020 as they ran the table in the OK Blue, I think they're the favorite again in the OK Blue. And I think they'll be a team to watch in the state in Division Four as well. All right, we get to three storylines to follow. And the first one, we're going to go to Rockford. The Rams were a Division One state semifinalist a year ago, fell to a great Davison team in the semifinals. They lost their offensive coordinator. Alum, former quarterback Kyle Short, left to be the offensive coordinator at Belleville High School. We know the kind of talent Belleville turns out year in and year out. But Jason Vanderlaan is now the offensive coordinator at Rockford. Some people may remember him as a two-time Harlan Hill Award winner playing quarterback for Tony Anise at Fair State. He's one of the best Division II football players ever. He bounced around the NFL, some practice squads here and there the last few years. Now he's coaching, and the reports out of Rockford camp are the players and the coaching staff love him. They love the energy he's bringing. He's really connecting with the players. It's going to be interesting to see what that Rockford offense can do with Jason Vanderlaan calling the shots. Of course, we know year in and year out, Rockford's a team to watch. They're always tough. They went undefeated in the OK Red a year ago. They could potentially be a favorite to win the OK Red 
this season as well. Storyline number two, we got new coaches every year, right? That's a factor. We got some big time names and some big time programs breaking in new coaches. And we start right in the OK Red. Caledonia, the retired Tom Burrell, great coach, won a state championship with the Fighting Scots. Incredible guy. He stepped down, retired after last year. They bring in Derek Pennington from Zealand East. Now, Derek Pennington did very well with the Chicks, 42-19 and 19 the last five years. They had the run to the state semifinals in 2019. So he takes over a Caledonia program that has a bunch of guys back. I mean, you talk about Mason McKenzie at quarterback, a guy like Brock Townsend, who I thought came on really as a freshman a year ago, back for a sophomore year. They've got some guys up front returning as well, like Caleb Parlberg. I think there's potential here, even in year one, for Caledonia to make some noise with Derek Pennington and their returning starters. Staying the OK Red, West Ottawa has a new head coach. You know, the Panthers have lost 17 straight games. They have not won a game each of the last two years, but they bring in one heck of a football coach. Pat Collins comes in from Montague, wins the state championship with the Wildcats in Division Six last year, steps down after the season. His son Drew graduated, headed to Houghton to play at Michigan Tech, and Pat moves to his wife's alma mater and will coach West Ottawa. I'm excited to see what Pat can do there with the Panthers. And former West Ottawa coach Ryan Oshnock, who's a really good head coach in his own right, he's now the head coach at Northview. So he comes into the OK White. What will he do with the Wildcats? And then, of course, Zeal East had to replace... Derek Pennington, when he left for Caledonia, they bring in Joe Woodruff from White Lake Lakeland in the Metro Detroit area. He coached Lakeland to an undefeated regular season a year ago, so he certainly has a nice track record. What's he going to do with that group of chicks? It'll be fun to watch. The third storyline to watch is one of the most historic high school football programs in the state of Michigan. Small school, the Menden Hornets are making the change to eight-player football this year. You know, it just has to happen when you have such a small enrollment and you're looking at 13 to 15 kids on the varsity football team. It's too hard to play 11-player. So Menden, which has won 12 state championships, that's second in the state only to Farmington Hills Harrison, they'll play eight-player football this year. And I got to tell you, I think they're going to be a force right away in eight player. Even with just the 12 to 15 guys, they always have talented kids at Menden. They certainly have hardworking kids that know how to win. Certainly going to be fun to see how Menden can do in its first season of eight player football. Certainly the history is behind the Hornets. So that's what we're looking at here in 2021 for high school football. We'll be on the Blitz each and every Friday night. A little bit of a new time slot this year. We're coming on just a few minutes before 11 p.m. and we'll go all the way through till 11.35. So about a 40-minute show, maybe 38-minute show now on Friday nights. Best way to catch us, you can watch us obviously live on Fox 17. You can catch us on fox17online.com or on social media. Fox 17. We're at Fox 17 Blitz on Twitter, and we have a a Facebook group as well inside of the Fox 17 Facebook page. So lots of ways to keep tabs. We're ready to go for a fun season in 2021. Hi, this is Jason Fielder from WNEM-TV5. My three players to watch this season are Alex Van Sumeren from Essexville-Garber, Levi Harbor from Montrose, and Elijah Jackson Anderson from Grand Blank. Now those three are the top ranked class of 2022 recruits from this viewing area according to 247 Sports. Van Sumeren is ranked in the top five in the state and he is committed to play at Michigan State. He is huge. He's 6'4", 300 pounds, but when I talked to him last week at practice, I told him, Dude, you do not look like you're 300 pounds. And he was like, thank you, because he is cut. He is 
big and strong, and he is fast. He's a beast on the defensive line, and he will play H-back on offense for Garber. Levi Harbor's a three-star tackle at Montrose. He is committed to play at Vanderbilt. You know, offensive linemen don't get much love, but I will definitely be paying attention to Harbor when I am at Montrose games this fall because this guy can block and he can do it well, and that is why uh, he is going to a big-time school next year. And finally, uh, Jackson Anderson is small, but he is a very quick running back who is committed to play at Eastern Michigan. Grand Blank has a ton of talent, and he really could put up some big numbers and make some highlight reel runs for the Bobcats this season. My three teams to keep an eye on are Essexville Garber, Davison, and Frankenmuth. Garber has loads of talent returning, including Van Sumeren, who I mentioned, and their quarterback, who is big with a strong arm. They've got a great running back and receiver coming back. And I just feel like they're a team that they made a decent run in the playoffs last year, but they lost some of their guys in a key game in the playoffs against uh, Freeland because of the coronavirus. I think if they would have had those guys play, including their starting quarterback, maybe they beat the Falcons and maybe they reach the semifinals uh, like Freeland did, where Freeland lost to eventual state champ uh, GR Catholic Central. I also have an eye on Davison because they're coming off back-to-back trips to Ford Field. They won the Division I title in 2019. They lost in the championship game last season, but if you remember, they had a backup quarterback lead them in the playoffs after their first stringer, Brendan Sullivan, decided after the COVID layoff, he decided to enroll early at Northwestern instead of coming back to play in the playoffs for Davison after that break. And it was a good move for him, obviously. He's got his own career to worry about, but Davison still beat some really good teams in the playoffs and made it back to the championship game with a backup. Jake Weingart just has that program humming, and uh, so does Phil Martin at Frankenmuth. After years of successful regular seasons and some playoff disappointment, and they really just couldn't get past the semifinal round there for a few years, the Muth finally reached Ford Field, but they lost in the title game. I'm guessing they have the talent to reload, and they've got another team that can make another deep run and try and get back to Ford Field this season. My three storylines to look for are, one, can New Lothrop repeat as state champion? They lost some talent to graduation, including their quarterback, but Clint Galvis has built a program, and he has done a nice job continually replacing stars with more stars and I just feel like they're a team you have to watch every year and think they've got a legit shot of reaching Ford Field. Uh, My number two thing to look out for, which team wins the Tri-Valley Central Division? That division is absolutely loaded. Freeland made the semifinals last year, Frankenmuth made the state championship, and Garber lost to Freeland on the way, but Garber could be the best team out of all of them this year. We will see which one emerges as the champion. And then finally, my last thing to look out for, how will Ithaca look without Terry Hesbrook in charge? The Hall of Fame head coach stepped down after 17 seasons, and his staff voted to promote Jordan Hesbrook, an assistant, also Terry's nephew, to be in charge of the program. Can they continue to be one of the top programs in the area and the entire state under Jordan Hesbrook's leadership? 
Once again, I will be part of Friday Night Lights coverage on WNEM-TV5. We'll have all the area's top highlights every Friday. You can follow me online on Facebook at Jason Fielder WNEM and on Twitter at Jason Fielder TV. For the Three Point Podcast, I am Jason Fielder. Kendall Drugs in Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance? No problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona, or give them a call at 989-720-4295. Hi, this is Jeff Kimmerly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. And my three storylines to look for this season are, beginning with number one, the return to a quote-unquote normal season, and the excitement all over Michigan for teams and communities to have that opportunity. It's pretty simple, but it's something we've all been waiting for. And count me among the many who are not taking it for granted. Uh, Number two, the full implementation of the new playoff selection system, which eliminates six wins and in and goes strictly by playoff point average. Uh, We used the math behind this last year, but of course, uh, with the limited regular season schedules, uh, all teams made the playoffs. This year, we returned to the traditional field, uh, and only the top 256 will make it in for 11-player and the top 32 for 8-player. This change was made to encourage teams to schedule tougher opponents by awarding more points for taking losses against strong teams. And we will see how that works out, and we'll see how much excitement carries over into that final game of the season uh, as many more teams perhaps in the field be wondering if they'll be qualifying for the playoffs. Uh, Finally, number three, uh, which teams will be taking the final championship step this season? Uh, We had four first-time champions last season out of ten divisions between 11 and 8-player football. We're always on the lookout here for the next contenders. For scores, schedules, stories behind the scores, broadcasts, and more, uh, follow us on Twitter at MHSAA and at MHSAA Sports on Instagram and Facebook. For the MHSAA and for the Three Point Podcast, this is Jeff Kimmerly. Hi, this is Brian Calloway of the Lanchy State Journal. Three players to watch from Greater Lansing are Tommy McIntosh of DeWitt, Malachi Davis from Holt, and Ty Holt of DeWitt. Uh, DeWitt won the state title last year, and Ty Holt was a big part of that. He was the Associated Press Division Three for Player of the Year for his role at quarterback and, and leading DeWitt to its strong season. And one of his top targets is Tommy McIntosh, who is a Wisconsin commit. Uh, he's, a, he's a big wide receiver, also plays a little bit in the secondary as well, too. And you now both of those guys were really huge in, in DeWitt's success last year. Malachi Davis, he was a Michigan High School Football Coaches Association Dream Team selection last year as a defensive lineman, and he's headed to Syracuse, and he's going to be a big part of what Holt hopes to do this season as well, too. As far as teams in the Lansing area, you know, you got to start with DeWitt. You know, they're the defending uh, Division Three state champions, had a very dominant season last year under direction of uh, Coach Rob Zimmerman, who was named the Detroit Lions High School Football Coach of the Year. And, you know, the, the, the DeWitt team, you know, navigated the, the break in the middle of the playoffs to, you know, win their first state ch- championship in program history last season. 
East Lansing is another intriguing team in the Division Two. They went toe-to-toe with Muskegon Mona Shores last year in the regional before falling short. And you know, last year they had Andrew Anthony Jr. and Ethan Boyd, who are at Michigan and Michigan State now, respectively. But they've still got a lot of talent on that roster. When you look at the guys like uh, Ambrose Wilson and Asher Gregory, and, and Ambrose Wilson is actually a Central Michigan commit as well, too. And they have a talented you know, punter and Evan Sunderman, who's you know capturing some GLIAC interest as well, too. So East Lansing should be another dangerous team uh, once again this year after being you know one of the top-ranked teams in Division Two last year. No, as far as another team, Tuama Westphalia is always a good bet from Greater Lansing to make some noise. You know, last year they were the, one of the top two teams in the division, and they had their season stopped because of COVID-19. Uh, they still have a lot of talent back from that team last year that gutted out so many wins and navigated so many injuries and, and whatnot. So, I mean, you look at DeWitt, East Lansing, and Palmer Westphalia, those are just some of the teams in Greater Lansing to keep an eye on. You know, as far as storylines for the season, I think the CAAC Blue is going to be a big storyline in Greater Lansing, obviously with DeWitt and East Lansing both in that conference. And, and then you have uh, Holt, which is an intriguing team that has a lot of talent back. And, you know, Grand Ledge had a you know a winning season last year as well too and I think that the CAAC Blue has a chance to you know, be the top league in Greater Lansing this year. The CAAC White also has a, an intriguing storyline as well too when you look at Lansing Catholic and Portland who are teams that have been powers for so long in that conference and Portland has won the, the league title the last six or seven years here and you know, then you have Lansing Catholic which has made some deep runs and they were the 2019 state champion and you know, they went to the state semifinals last year as well too and they have a lot back and both of those teams actually have a lot back as well, too. So that's going to be an intriguing race to watch. And, and then you have some eight-player teams in Greater Lansing as well, too, that have made some noise uh, in recent years when you look at Morris and Portland-St. Patrick. And, you know, will one of those teams be able to break through this year? That's going to be something worth watching as well, too, because you know, Portland-St. Patrick has finished as the state runner-up last year. Morris has annually been pretty good in eight-man football as well, too. So those are just a few storylines in Greater Lansing to – Keep an eye on as the season gets started this fall. Follow me at Brian underscore Calloway on Twitter. For Three Point Podcast, this is Brian Calloway of the Lansing State Journal. Hi, this is Jeff Crane, founder of The D-Zone. Uh, the D-Zone.com covers Michigan high school football. We started in 2010 as a way to give uh, players and teams and communities throughout Michigan some better exposure. And here we are 12 years later, you know, I'm just looking forward to covering the best games, seeing the best players in the state year after year. My three players to watch this year, I got two seniors and a junior. The two seniors are Will Johnson, a five-star commit, who's uh, committed to Michigan. He's a cornerback, plays wide receiver, quarterback for Gross Point South. Last year, he was a key player for them. Expect him to do a lot more this year now that he's a senior. And, you know, just the ball will be in his hands, I imagine, on offense probably 80% of the plays, and on corner, at cornerback, he's a lockdown, and, you know, that's tough for a lot of player, quarterbacks to go up against and pretty much have to defend, not, not being able to throw on an entire side of the field just because of how much ground he covers. He's about 6'2", so phenomenal length. And my second player to watch out for is Miles Rouser, a cornerback, safety, and I imagine he'll play running back, too, for Belleville. He's committed to Arkansas, the SEC. He's another outstanding player at one time. I thought he was, was, he was the best senior in the class. But, you know, Will, Will's kind of overtaken him, I think, for that top position, top uh, number one overall player in the state. But Miles is an extremely physical player. He's able to 
be very good in coverage, come down and make tackles at the line of scrimmage, and just be a total safety package, probably one of the best in the Midwest. Uh, the third player to look out for is Dante Moria Jr. at Detroit King High School. He's another who's kind of been labeled a five-star prospect across rivals and 247.com. This is going to be his third year starting as a quarterback for King. You know, he's led them through some big wins through the years, and now that he's an upperclassman, a junior, I expect him to have an even bigger impact for King and you know, just keep making good decisions, good throws, and you know, King's going to be a top, King is a top 10 team in the state right now, so he's going to have a really big role for them. Three teams to look out for is West Bloomfield. That's my number one team in the state. West Bloomfield is the defending Division One state champions. They beat Davison last year in the D1 title, 41 nothing. They lose some key players. You know, Donovan Edwards, who's going to Michigan, he's a five-star. they got new quarterback now. It's a fight between a sophomore and a junior quarterback. We'll see who emerges as the starter when they play Rochester Adams this week. And they have a new head coach, Tyrese Grice. So that'll be an interesting concept with Belleville, or sorry, with West Bloomfield this year. The second team to look out for is Belleville. Belleville has two last-second losses last two years in the semifinals to Brighton two years ago and West Bloomfield last year. So this is a team that's on the verge of you know breaking through with just you know tough losses they've had. Uh, and they got a freshman quarterback this year coming in, Bryce Underwood. He'll replace Christian DeHuey Reed who's also a four-year starter, so Bryce Underwood now is likely going to be a four-year starter for Belleville, considering you know, he remains healthy and all that. They have some a lot of talent. Jeremiah Caldwell once committed to Kentucky. He's now open. And Aaron Alexander is a senior for them who missed a lot of time with an injury last year, but he had a big camp season, and he committed to the University of Michigan. The third team to look out for in the Detroit area is River Rouge. Um, I got them ranked number six in the entire state. They had a tough loss last year in the Division Three final to DeWitt, who's ranked number three now for me in the preseason out of the Lansing area. So this team, you know, the year before they won the D3 state title, and they're right back in it. Uh, they returned one of the best sophomore receivers now. And Nicholas Marsh, class of 2024, he's going to be a big impact player for them. Pretty much started right off the bat for them as a freshman last season. Jalen Holley is an outstanding kid who's going to Bowling Green for them. He'll play on both sides of the ball. And they got a D-line who was formerly committed to Michigan. Devontae Miles, you know, with him falling through with Michigan and stuff, I think he's going to be a tremendous force on the defensive line for them. Three storylines to look out for this year is can West Bloomfield defend their Division One title? And when will the likely meeting with Belleville, who Belleville has beaten West Bloomfield two out of the last three seasons. But West Bloomfield beat them last year, like I said, in the semifinal. So that's going to be a huge you know, storyline, when's that you know, when's that potential meeting going to occur in the Division One playoffs? Is it going to be the regional final like it was two years ago, the semifinal like last year, or will it potentially be the state final? We'll find that out. We'll find that out as, you know, the teams win and lose and the districts are drawn up for the playoffs come, to, come October. Um, the second key point, I think, is we have two prominent head coaches that took the lead college jobs this season. Speaking on West Bloomfield, Ron Bellamy was their head coach, and he took the Michigan job pretty much um, right before their state final championship. It was announced today that West Bloomfield won it. He's won. Uh, Thomas Wheelchair is ca- at Cass Tech, who's produced over 70 Division One recruits out of Cass Tech. He's now on the Michigan State. So those are two huge coaches at 
two of the biggest high schools, not only in Michigan, but the entire Midwest, now having new head coaches. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. And the third and final storyline for the Metro Detroit area is the Macarat is absolutely loaded. I have five of the six teams right now ranked in the top 25 in the state. Stevenson has two. Sterling Heights Stevenson has two Central Michigan Mountain players, Jordan Kwiatkowski and Jordan Ramsey. Um, so they're stacked. They lost to West Bloomfield last year in the regional. They'll be hungry to be back. Dakota is loaded with offensive linemen and has several skill positions. Chippewa Valley returns many key players, including their quarterback, Ryan Schuster, who's going to the Lafayette, and Cephas Harris, who's going to Youngstown State. And like I said earlier, Gross Point South, they got Will Johnson, they're going to be a fourth, and Romeo, who won the state title about five years ago, they're just as gritty as they were back then, and you know they're going to be a tough out for any team. And the sixth and final team in there is Eisenhower. They're young, but they have the most approved, so I think anything is, everything's going to be tough in the Macred, and year in and year out, one of the toughest conferences in all of Michigan. Like I said, uh, this is Jeff Curran, founder of the D-Zone. You can find us at thedzone.com for all scores, schedules, recruiting information. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the D underscore zone, as well as Instagram. For the Three Point Podcast, this is Jeff Curran. Hi, this is Luke Giardi of Fox Sports Marquette in Marquette, Michigan. My three players to watch this season are quarterback Austin Riddle of Marquette. He was an all-UP Dream Team selection in 2020. He is the third-year starting quarterback for the Marquette Redmen and has led Marquette to the playoffs in each of the last two years and has two conference championships as the starting quarterback. Riddle threw for over 1,700 yards last season, 16 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and seven rushing TDs, including a great performance against Muskegon in the playoffs. My second player to watch is Zach Person, tight end out of Kingsford, who's going to be a senior this year. According to 247 Sports, he is the number 52 prospect in the state of Michigan. He was a 2020 Dream Team selection and in limited games caught five touchdowns and had a 14.4 yards per catch average. He will be heading to Toledo next fall to play football for the Rockets. And finally, quarterback Luke Grzynski of North Central. Gorzinski will be a junior here this year, coming off an incredible sophomore season in which he threw for over 1,200 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, zero interceptions with a 72% completion percentage. He also added 811 rushing yards to go along with 17 touchdowns and did not take a second-half snap in the regular season for the Jets. In the state championship game win, over Portland St. Patrick. He had four rushing touchdowns and three passing touchdowns en route to a 70-point performance. My three teams to keep an eye on this season are the Marquette Redmen coming off a 7-2 season a year ago. They were great Northern Conference champions for the second consecutive year. They battled Muskegon in the district final 47-21. It was Marquette's first district appearance in program history and returning they have quarterback Austin Riddle who was a dream team selection and is a third year starter they also return Desmond Mullen he is the starting safety for the Redmen and was named UP defensive player of the year as a junior in 2020 and they also return four of their five starting offensive linemen 
from 2020. My second team to keep an eye on is the Westwood Patriots. It was a tough season for the Westwood Patriots a year ago dealing with COVID. They went 3-0 in the three regular season games that they were able to play last year, and they returned a heavily senior-laden team. Scott Sergela has done an incredible job over at Westwood building the culture, making the playoffs every year since 2017. And finally, the North Central Jets. Eight-player team who's been a bit of a powerhouse in the 2000s. 11-0 last year in 2020, including a state championship win over Portland St. Patrick's 70 to 48. They are returning eight-player player of the year, Luke Gorzinski, who combined for 37 touchdowns in 2020. And finally, my three storylines for this season. The North Central Jets, once again. Can the Jets go back-to-back again? North Central, they were able to go back-to-back in 2015 and 2016, led by quarterback Jason Whitens. Do they have the next Whitens and Luke Gorzinski? We'll find out here this year. If the Jets can go back-to-back, you would have to think that they are the early favorite in eight-player football to win the state championship once again. We also have the return of Ishpeming Hematite football. Ishpeming in the early 2010s, they had three state titles and four state championship game appearances from 2012 to 2015. Last year, COVID and numbers surrounding the program decimated their 2020 season. They did not field a varsity team in 2020, but they are back this season, led by first-year head coach Cody Kugler, who was a former player under the legendary Jeff Olson. And finally, who takes the Great Northern Conference this season? There's a ton of talent in the UP's largest conference. Marquette, Kingsford, Escanaba, these three teams, the early favorites to competing for the Great Northern Conference title in 2021. So who will take maybe the most competitive conference championship in the UP here this year? You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R. And for the Three Point Podcast, this is Luke Yardy of Fox Sports Marquette. Hankard Sportswear provides a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing store with many loyal customers, 100% guaranteed to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always has Karana, Owasso, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Special items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979, stop into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. JJ's Excavating and Tree Services can help you with many homeowner items, including skid steer work, footings, and gravel work, along with property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service also experts in tree removals, including stump grinding. Fully insured, no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him Three Point Podcast sent you. All right, thanks, guys. It's Eddie Fury at Thumb Chugger Sports. Great to be back here on the Three Point Podcast. I cover a lot of teams in the Thumb area. In Blue Water Area Conference, Greater Thumb East, Greater Thumb West, and the North Central Thumb League eight-player football. Some players to watch, but also teams to watch. So it's going to be a little bit different here. In the Blue Water Area Conference, Akibi Turner. It's the Krauser Lexington Pioneers quarterback, Jake Townsend. 
over 1,100 yards passing, 17 passing TDs, 56 carries, 308 rushing yards, and 7 touchdown rushing. He is a key returner at the quarterback position under their second-year head coach, Mike LeGrow. Now this team knows what he expects from them. they got a great wide receiver, Sage Slanick, a senior. But other new players stepping up. A lot of great returnees, a lot of great uh, juniors who are now seniors this year to build on it. Last year, it was North Branch ruling the Blue Water Area Conference. Now they lose some key players. Brandon Martin, a top running back. He was our play of the year in 11-player football. Also, Drake Dasevsky, great on offense and great on defense. But they do have Will Damascus returning at a quarterback position. And you can never look past the Elmont Raiders. We know what they've done in the past in the Blue Water Area Conference. Moving on to the Greater Thumb East, the Albany Bearcats. They were a state finalist in Division 8. They lost to Centerville. It was a surprising run for the Albany Bearcats. Key returners for the Albany Bearcats is their young sophomore quarterback, Evan Peruski. He can run the ball, he can pass, but they're a mainly running team. Now, they lost a three-headed monster in the backfield in the wing T offense. But one of the key players, he is stepping up this year. And that will be junior running back, Mark Heilig. Other teams to look out for in the Greater Thumb East, I think Carver Beach will bounce back. And look out for the Marlette Red Raiders. They got more seniors returning in the lineup who are more experienced on the field than any other team in the Greater Thumb East. 14-letter winners, and they use a spread offense. We'll see what they can do. And to point out, Brown City, their head coach Aaron Cooper is starting to switch up the offense. Should be fun to watch. They got Gaden Muxel at the quarterback position, and they're going to run an air raid offense, a first for Brown City. Moving on to the Greater Thumb West, we had another semifinalist, the Cass City Redhawks. Until somebody knocks them off, I think they're going to finish on top. Now, they lost a dozen seniors at graduation, but they do have some key experienced returning players. Returning players Jordy Mester and Connor Hertford. And Cass City starts off the season very tough. They'll be going up against Millington in week one. But look out, the Upton Pigeon Bayport Lakers are now under a new head coach, so the playbook offensively is going to open up. They could challenge for the Greater Thumb West once again and come back on top. Also, I say a dark horse is the Bad Axe Hatchets and the Reese Rockets. Moving on to eight-player football in the North Central Thumb League, Stars Division. Morris Orioles have been on top for the last three years. Mavo, they showed some great success last year also. Deckerville Eagles took a little bit of step back, but it could come down to deciding North Central Thumb League Stars Division title with Morris against Deckerville in the final regular season game. And moving on to the North Central Thumb League Stripes Division, the top team, I believe, will be the North Huron Warriors. they got a lot of key players returning. They do lose some also, but the key player they have coming back is their quarterback, Will Case. 400 yards passing, 7 pass TDs, 700 yards rushing, and 19 rushing TDs. Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart may challenge him, as well as the Pack Pirates, but I think it's going to be the North Huron Warriors finishing on top of the NCTL Stripes Division. The storylines to look at? The MHSAA playoff point system. Strength of schedule now comes into play. Could we see some teams not get in with seven wins and more six-win teams in based on the strength of schedule? I think we may already see some great week one non-conference matchup that could show that. Plus, more eight-player teams this year. Will we have more next year? Another storyline. And a final storyline, sorry to say, but I hope COVID does not disrupt our season. It cost some forfeits last year in the playoffs due to contract tracing and some positive tests. Let's hope we can get past that. Let's have a full season that will finish on time and not after Christmas. Well, it's been great to be back here in the Three Point Podcast. I'm Eddie Fury, Thumbchugger Sports. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Thumbchugger.com. Can't wait for the high school football season to start here, guys. Thanks for having me.
Hi, this is Dennis Stuckey of GetStuckOnSports.com. Three players to watch in the Blue Water area this year. Amari Holler of Port Huron High School started in the Big Red secondary as a freshman last year and certainly didn't look out of place. He also saw some action at QB, rushing for two long touchdowns in week one against Frazier. He'll be the Big Red starter at QB this year, and he can do it with his legs as well as with his arm. An exciting athlete, Holler has a good head on his shoulders and is a solid citizen. He'll be a leader at PH for the next three years. Jake Townsend of Crosslex, he may already be the top quarterback in the Blue Water area. He has a strong arm and strong legs and a lot of experience. This year he has a core of stud receivers along with a huge line to pass, protect, and open holes for the run game. Townsend's numbers have the potential to look like a video game at the end of this season. This year, the Blue Water area has a legion of big athletic linemen, and the guy that may be the best is St. Clair St. Maddox Moselle. He's a guy that any coach in the Blue Water area would love to have on their team. He'll open up holes for the Saints runners. He'll keep the heat off his quarterback, and when he's on the defensive side of the ball, he'll blow up plays. Three teams to watch, as always look out for the Marine City Mariners. Winning seasons in 37 of the past 38 years, the Mariners' legacy is long and impressive with 455 wins since 1950, 22 league titles, 29 postseason appearances that include 50 playoff victories and two state titles. A young Mariners squad made it to the regional final last year before bowing out at Frankenmuth. Charles Tigert is a star. Don't pay attention to the stats. He'd rush for well over 1,000 yards a season, but in most Mariner games, he doesn't touch the ball in the second half. As explosive as he is on that side of the ball, Tigert might even be better on defense and special teams. Speaking of defense, Wyatt Walker should be a name heard on most tackles this season. And let's not forget about junior QB Jeff Heslip, who returns after starting as a sophomore. And in the Max Silver title game last year at Marysville, Heslip coolly led the Mariners on a 93-yard TD drive with no timeouts and only 57 seconds left in that game. And oh, by the way, he only needed 46 of those seconds to get that game-winning touchdown. To say they are excited to get the season going at Croslex is the understatement of the century. Second-year Pioneers head coach Mike Legro is ready to turn loose QB Jake Townsend in his spread offense, where Croslex will be as dangerous running the ball as they will be throwing with Townsend and stud wideout Sage Slanick. Up front, the Pioneers are huge. The offensive line averages 6'2 and 274 pounds from tackle to tackle. Besides their usual big league games in the Blue Water Area Conference, the Pioneers will also face Williamston and Essexville-Garber to start and finish the regular season. The Port Huron High Big Reds lost just about everybody off last year's 8-1 regional finalist team. Noah Kindle and Najir Finney are now at Grand Valley State. Shaka Brown is at Siena Heights, and that's just to name a few. Longtime assistant Dan Perkins takes over as head coach for retired Ryan Mullins, but the Big Reds are not calling it a rebuild. They are calling it a reload, and they have some thrilling young players like Amari Holler, Gabe Mose, Jaden Ashford, Gavin Troy, and many more. The goal at PH is not to compete for a league title, but to go out and win their third straight Mac Blue crown. Three storylines that we'll be following. The new playoff format and how it might affect teams from the Blue Water area. Two examples are St. Clair and Marysville. The Saints play in the Macomb Area Conference Gold Division and are the smallest school as the only D4 squad in a league with four D2 schools and one D3. In theory, the Saints could have a losing season but make it to the playoffs with just three or four wins simply on the potential of points on their schedule. 
Marysville faces the opposite scenario. The Vikings and Warren Fitzgerald are two D3 teams playing in the Macomb Area Silver Division that has two D5 schools, a D6, and a D7. Even a winning record is no guarantee for the Vikings to earn enough points to play postseason football. The new points format also has some in the Blue Water area wondering if some leagues will go away as teams look to shed smaller schools and find partners their own size or bigger in the future. In week one, a ceremony will be held in Richmond before the Blue Devils take on the Clintondale Dragons. The new turf field at the stadium will be named Coker Field in memory of longtime Richmond football coach John Coker, who lost his battle to cancer back in early March of this year. The inspirational coach Coker had taken Richmond to the playoffs the past nine straight seasons, and his Blue Devils won 72 times in the last decade. It will be an emotional night in Richmond as they remember John Coker, a beloved and respected man, who at 53 years young left us way too soon. The state keeps football records back to 1950. Based on that, our number three storyline is a couple of milestone wins that could happen this year. MLA City starts the season with 299 victories, one shy of 300. Harbor Beach enters the year eight wins shy of 400. And if you don't know about pirate football, they have nine wins or better in seven of the last 10 years. So getting to 400 this season is a possibility. You can follow me on Twitter at at Dennis Stuckey underscore and, of course, on our website at GetStuckOnSports.com. For Three Point Podcast, this is Dennis Stuckey. Hi, this is Tim Rick at WTCM, Rick Wheels of Traverse City. My three players to watch, Josh Burnham, that's a given. He's on everybody's list, so we'll actually bypass Josh. The fact that Central has a second returning All-State athlete is unbelievable. If Josh wasn't there, everybody's eyes would be on Carson Bordeaux. Bordeaux is a three-year starter, and he'll play three or four positions, defensive back, safety, running back, wide out, he'll return punts and kickoff. The kid's got great speed, and he sees the whole field. He's the real deal. That's a tough matchup with those two at West. Or at Central. Uh, as a former offensive lineman myself, I have to have one of those unsung heroes on my list. TC West Daniel Rosa is a beast. Six foot six, three hundred and forty pounds. He should have a license plate rather than a number. A three-year starter that has lots of colleges hoping they can gain his services in the next few years. West is a little bit of an unknown this year at this point. But the running backs will find comfort running behind uh, old 74. And my third person, uh, third player to pick is Trevor City St. Francis quarterback Charlie Peterson. He'll be pulling triggers for the Gladiators uh, again this year. Did a spectacular job in the state final game against New Lathrop. They were down 30 to nothing, I think, and brought them back to within seven. I think it was uh, 42 to 35, I think, was the final on that one. But he did a spectacular job. A left-hand and a quarterback. He was back there when everybody knew what was going to happen. They were going to throw the ball, and Charlie just stood in there and made some great deliveries, some great catches uh, on the part of the receivers. But Charlie's a real deal. 6'3", 205 pounds. He's probably got some colleges looking at him, too. Now the three teams to uh, keep an eye on, certainly Traverse City Central, two returning All-State uh, players, the entire offensive line has college offers, so they are solid up front. They are just hungry from what happened last year. They had Mona Shores on the rope. Burnham pitched up a pick six, and that kind of ended the game. Brady Rose, uh, Mr. Football in Michigan last year, 
really took control of the game at that point, but Traverse City really had Mona on the, on the ropes. Kind of an odd situation. They had to play the game down there and their home field, so somewhat of an unfair advantage. Usually it's a neutral spot. The other team is Cadillac, another state finalist. Uh, they made it all the way uh, last year. It kind of a fluke season. They were had a pretty good run, and, but they had a couple of forfeits that uh, progressed them along in the playoffs. So they ended up in that state championship game, and um, they had a really uh, a good showing there against eventual state champion Detroit Catholic Central. And then the other team is, of course, St. Francis. They were not supposed to be that good last year, and they ended up really showing up well in the in the playoffs. They're going to miss uh, Schmuckle for sure, and then I got to get a fourth one in there, but that's Kingsley. Kingsley had a rough time at the end. They had to forfeit and get out of the playoffs and they were undefeated going into those playoffs. One, I think a couple games there. They were headed for a showdown with Reed City, and um, Reed City also ended up having to forfeit the next week. So Kingsley's got a good side. They're going to come back pretty tough. My three storylines, certainly game one, uh, week one, Kingsley is going to take on Reed City. Now, both of those teams <laughs> were scheduled to meet in the playoffs last year. And Kingsley had to forfeit first. Reed City had to forfeit the, the next week. They forfeited to who was eventual uh, semifinalist. And uh, so those two guys are matching up week one. So it's going to be a great game. I believe that's in Kingsley. So you want to get up there and uh, check out that one. Another great one is going to be the Patriot game. Last year, Central went up on West 30 to nothing. It was a beatdown. It was the worst defeat ever in the uh, Patriot game. It was 53-13 final, but Central was scoring all over the place and uh, really just embarrassed the, the Titans, and I'm sure they're going to come back with great memories of that game and want to erase that one. So that's going to be a very good game. I think that's going to be week three. Central has got a tremendous schedule. They play state champs DeWitt first game of the year. That's another key game. DeWitt has won 15 state champion, or, uh, conference champions in a row. They've been to six state championships. They won their first one last year after going five other times. They got the returning quarterback, who's kind of a, a version of uh, Grady Rose, the Mona Shores quarterback. Not a big college-type stature, but uh, very heady. He's coming back, as is their wide receiver, six foot five, two 210-pound, Wisconsin-bound uh, kid. He had uh, 20 Division One offers, settled on the Badgers. They also had another wide receiver last year who went to Air Force, so they had two good wide receivers, but they're going to match up. Burnham was the number two pick uh, athlete in the state of Michigan. He was the number two athlete. I'm sure they're going to probably put Burdeau on this wide receiver, but it's going to be a big mismatch because he's going to be, he's probably going to give him about five or six inches. But that's going to be a great game. If Traverse City can win that game, they're going to have a lot of playoff points. They're going to probably host several home games in the playoffs, but they have to get by state semifinalist Cadillac. They got to get by a ticked off West team, and then they got to play North Farmington, also a um, regional winner last year, who they beat in the playoffs 50 to 22. So they've got several tough games on their schedule, which is going to be good for them because they need to be tested. 
the Big North Conference was great last year. We had three teams in the advance in the playoffs quite far. Cadillac, of course, to the finals. Central to the semifinals. And uh, West got to the regional finals, so or district finals. So anyway, lots of good football coming up here. It's going to be a great, uh, great week. I can't believe it's a couple days away <laughs> down at the big house. Two Travis City teams down there, so... When they used to go to the state championships, there would be a caravan of Traverse City cars. I hope we see that on the way down there. Vic and I, Vic's taking over for Joel on that particular game. Joel's got a commitment, so we'll be keeping an eye on the uh, license plates as we go down there and see how many Traverse City people are going to make it to the big house. Well, that's uh, the way I'm seeing it. Uh, this is Tim Brick from WTCM and Brick Wheels. This is for uh, Three Point Podcast. This is Tim Brick. Well, that's a wrap, everyone, and we want to send out thanks to our great special guest who brought awesome insight on the upcoming high school football season. Give them a follow and support, and follow us as well on social media platforms at 3 Point Pod. Also let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Corona Connection, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Kendall Drugs in Corona, Hankard Sportswear, the Owasso Speedway, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Speaking of The Castle, I'll be live on Z92.5 Thursday, August 26th with our football season opener, the Parma Western Panthers at St. John's to take on the Red Wings. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying until next time, so long everyone, and enjoy the 2021 football campaign. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.